Hey there, I'm Kevin Daisy. And I'm Eric Olson. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. All right, we are live. What's up, everybody on LinkedIn and YouTube? We're live for another live recording of the Managing Partners Podcast. I'm joined by a special guest today out of Colorado, Ryan. Welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Kevin. So let's jump right into it. Tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, you know, a little personal. I know some of your background already and, uh, you know, tie that into how you got you know, started your firm and what you guys focus on. Yeah. So you and I were talking before the show, uh, the connection with uh, Virginia. I grew up in, in on the front range in Colorado, wanted to play baseball, wanted to be a professional baseball player, ended up at University of Virginia on a baseball scholarship and then ultimately came back home. I realized very quickly once I was playing like Mark Teixeira and some of these other guys that I was a pretty mediocre baseball player. And so I ended up coming back uh, home to Colorado and, uh, and then, you know, turning up in uh, Aspen, Colorado. And we have several offices throughout the mountain region. We just opened a office in Denver and Boulder, and it's been quite a, a journey. I didn't expect when I left uh, home to get closer to you in Virginia to be here uh, where I am now, but that's uh, that's life, right? Well, you know, we're virtual now, so you never know who you're going to run into, but I really enjoy having guests on that are from different areas and, and learning more about that, but it's always really cool too when, you know, you have some connection or, you know, you've been somewhere that they've been or, or whatever. So yeah, cool to see that you spent some time in Virginia. Um, I can see why you love it there. You know, we obviously love it here too. So, but uh, yeah, I was saying I was just up at university of Virginia, I think uh, last weekend. So uh, go Hokies though. Watch. <laughs> uh, for everyone tuning in too, uh, don't forget to uh, ask any questions. If you have a question for Ryan, about some of the practice areas he covers or anything how he runs his business. So we'll get into some more of that. So Ryan, more about your firm just quickly. Just, you know, hit, I know you cover quite a few different practice areas, but what do you guys specialize in? What's, what are you known for? So I always uh, introduce myself as the lawyer that you never want to call uh, because I deal, my firm deals with personal disputes. So people are usually, are usually looking at going to jail, they're hurt, or they're going through a divorce. So we do criminal defense. <clears throat> personal injury and uh, divorce. Uh, we started out in, based primarily in mountain resort communities. My partner, Amy, uh, she actually went through a, a divorce herself fairly recently. So she's moved back to Denver where she is originally from. And that was one of the reasons that we you know, f opened a, an office there. I previously had partnered up with two guys uh, when I left my firm where I kind of cut my teeth and learned how to practice law, you know, private practice. And those two guys were doing HOA, uh, real estate, transactional work. And it just wasn't a good fit. There was no real business synergy. So we specialize in personal disputes. And that's worked out well for us because, the, you know, the bigger firms up here, they're doing real estate. Real estate's a huge driver of uh, at least in the mountains. And so the civil litigation, the construction disputes, those sorts of things, we, we don't play in, in that sandbox, which is a great, you know, referral opportunity. We send uh, those that work out. And then in turn, we're kind of the go-to for uh, the, the nitty gritty or, or the down and dirty uh, work that we do. Okay. Excellent. Uh, well, that's good. You, you know, where you want to be, you're kind of staying in your lane and, you know, that's a great thing to have. I, I definitely see a lot of firms where they do everything. <laughs> 
And I, I can see maybe as you grow, you bring in a certain partner and they have a certain ex, you know, additional skill or knowledge of a different practice area. But uh, it seems like a lot of firms just bolt on as much as they can. Yeah. And, and I think, really- yeah, for us, we learned through trial and error. I mean, it, it, we, I took on a big personal injury case and we're working on a contingent fee basis. We're putting in all, you know, $60,000 in, in experts uh, that we may or may not collect. And my partners that were doing real estate transactions, they just, it was completely foreign to them. Their risk tolerance was not, uh, you know, in that, uh, it, it just, there wasn't a real good alignment and we're still good friends. We still send each other uh, work, but we just realized that it just wasn't going to be a good fit. And so we, the, there's been some good kind of relationship uh, for better, or for worse for our clients, because, you know, someone can pick up a criminal case dispute with their, their significant other, and then that will kind of lead into a divorce. So there's an overlap uh, there. And then the personal injury, it's, I mean, we're trial lawyers. And so that is just the key to the common thread for, for all of us. Uh, excellent. But yeah, I love that you guys have just kind of focused on what you, where you want to be and what's working for you and, and, and where you feel you can do the best work. So uh, kudos on that. So leading into some of the, you kind of hinted there with a few things with, uh, you know, the, the personal stuff you deal with and, you know, people don't, want to be making that call but what are you know what are some of the challenges your clients are really faced with before they make that call you know what what things are going you know are they going through basically before they give that yeah. call to yeah, you yeah i think emotionally they're they're really reluctant they don't want to call us and so the emotional getting over that emotional hurdle in particular on the family law the divorces i mean no one wants to go through a divorce right and no one wants to be hurt by uh, another skier or another auto accident, but they're, so it's getting their head around, is this really happening to me in that, that uncertainty? What do I do? I mean, people, when they're arrested and they're sitting in jail, they, they kind of will at that point say, I, I need to call a, a lawyer, but it, it's not the emotional uncertainty and just grappling with what they're going through. That is probably the biggest issue. And we, we recognize that the, and try to empathize with our clients and really hear their story. And so we've set up various systems to ensure that that happens because everyone wants to tell us their story, whether some of the emotional aspects are relevant to their case is, you know, they, and, and, but they just have to tell us that and they want to be heard uh, and feel supported in what is w- one of, if not the most difficult period in their life. Yeah. I mean, I could definitely see in that. And luckily for myself, I haven't had to go through that, but I could see it be very challenging and hard to even who do you call? Who do you trust? Um, do you even want to tell anybody about the situation you're in? So um, absolutely. And when people yeah. are dealing with their kids, I mean, the most important thing for them. I don't know about you, Kevin. I've got a a, a little girl that turned seven yesterday and a four year old, and I'm happily married. But when your family is at you know at risk and or you're looking at um, an injury that's going to change your life, you want to make sure that you have the best possible person to ensure that you don't go to jail or that you receive, you know, justice and and compensation or to make sure that you're going to see your kids, you know, next week and and going forward. Yeah. uh, Very important. Not something you want to just see a billboard and be like, let me call that guy, you know, (laughs) there's got to be some way that, you know, you gotta, you gotta learn. I'd have to learn a lot more and have a lot more validation before I would do that. And I would probably exhaust my uh, friends and advisors for referrals as well. So um, you got to be able to back it up. Oh yeah, I have two kids myself, happily married, and hope I won't be 
calling anyone like you anytime <laughs> for, that, for that type of stuff. But um, so I, this is a, a kind of a, I'll pluck one thing out of what you said too, which I thought was interesting because of where you are. As you mentioned, skiers. So obviously being near the slopes and things like that. So is that something that you, you guys see quite a bit of and that you actually market for? Absolutely. We are uh, one of the only firms. We have offices. Uh, I, as you're interviewing me here, there's a ski boot shop across the plaza. There is, I'm at the base of Aspen Highlands. Uh, and so you can see, uh, actually this, you know, we've got skis, uh, or a picture of me heli skiing. Um, but we're at the base. There's a, I see skiers out my window every single uh, day in the winter. Um, and frequently it's probably every other day we see an ambulance taking somebody off. And so we are avid skiers. I ski during the lunch uh, break, get probably 60, 80 days in, depending on uh, the year and, and kind of uh, other issues. We have another office over in Edwards, which is right at the base of, of Beaver Creek. So we frequently take on big ski cases. We have one currently going on. It's been in the Aspen newspapers, uh, and we know uh, the ins and outs where cases you know, where, where ski accidents are, are, are occurring. And we, you know, really do specialize in that because we're, we are skiers ourselves and we know the, the issues and, you know, Denver, you know, I grew up on the front range, but to really understand and walk into a jury, you know, into a courthouse and look at the jury and talk about this run or, you know, someone consuming alcohol at a particular restaurant, which can lead to accidents. Uh, that's something that I think we have a, a, a distinct competitive advantage over, you know, anyone that we go up against. That's very interesting. So I'm a snowboarder myself, so um, that I don't I don't get to go that often. I have to travel, you know, five hours to, to go. But um, so I can see why you guys would have a, a, a huge advantage over that. And but that's something. Yeah, you need. Kevin, just imagine you go out for a ski vacation and you've you know taken time off of work. Uh, you're there with your family. Uh, we have a client out in North Carolina and he was in, he visited Steamboat and his little five-year-old boy was just skiing along in a ski lesson and a, a out of control skier just clipped him and ruined the family vacation. And, you know, these injuries can be very significant when you're talking about people who sometimes are, you know, high or drunk and they hit somebody because they're going 40, 50 miles an hour, you can cause some major damage and it can be life changing. Uh, and so to kind of help people go through that, uh, you know, for you, uh, you, you know, that just imagine how that would feel. And so that is, um, you know, it is a, a pretty big part of our personal injury practice. No, I, could, I mean, that's terrible. And I've seen people out of control or, you know, either they don't know what they're doing or they're just, you know, they're just acting you know stupid but um a question though with that just um is are there people that get hurt on their own and that try to go after the resort or or is that even a case or is it something that they're kind of covered for yeah that's a great question so uh, under the colorado skier safety act that generally speaking the uh resorts are pretty insulated from uh those uh claims there was a well-known case over in Vail where uh a, a, a young uh boy teenage boy uh slipped into uh, an area that i think it was closed and he was killed in an avalanche. And there was a, a claim that they tried to make against the ski resort and it didn't uh, uh, 
uh, go uh, forward. So for us, we take cases where we um, know the identity of the other skier. There's at fault. So someone, you know, if you were snowboarding uh, down at, at Winter Green or over here in Aspen uh, and you, you're just stopped there or uh, you're skiing along and someone clips you from behind that and we know like so the ski patrol would stop, uh, come and, and take the name. And then we have to make sure uh, that the other person has homeowner's insurance or owns a home or in Aspen and, and it's, you know, not uncommon for, you know, someone to be independently wealthy. Uh, so, but usually the claim is against the homeowner's insurance. Uh, mm-hmm. And, uh, but we, we had recently, we had an Australian doctor that uh, hit our client was just standing there. Um, the doctor slipped on some ice and his travel insurance covered it. So, you know, I mean, we ended up settling that case for $400,000 uh, and because the injuries were, were significant. So usually it's going after um, some sort of insurance carrier, just similar to having an auto insurance policy. Uh, it, it, that's where the source of funds are coming from. Interesting. So I assume just like an auto accident, it's a lot to do with uh, what happened on the scene, what those people said. If, if I was the one hurt and I said, hey, I'm fine, I don't I don't need medical attention, and what do I, that all could be against me and things like that, I would assume a very similar Absolutely. I mean, you know, there's a, a high profile case that we have where the other side said, you know, they a, they weren't drinking and drinking can result in uh, punitive damages uh, when there is, uh, you know, someone's partying and they get out of control. But uh, the guy just left our client just laying there uh, and just tried to run away and he's just denied responsibility. And so you get into these various issues as who's the downhill skier. Uh, and that's where, you know, us being avid skiers, we have the acumen. We also have the familiarity to know where various, um, you know, people are located and and how we can prove uh, that someone is at, at fault. Yeah, that definitely helps versus if you were a bunch of lawyers, uh, stuffy lawyers that were like, yeah, we don't ski at all. <laughs> but you, you probably, you know, the slopes, you know, the everything. So indeed, um, it's our yeah. background or it's our, it's a backyard. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Well, let's get into some more interesting stuff with, with your business and um, instead of, you know, kind of the private series, but a uh, big question is how do you currently get clients? So we, the two main sources of where we get clients, uh, one are from referrals from other uh, attorneys. Uh, we, we get, um, you know, referrals from, like I said, construction attorneys, real estate attorneys. Uh, that is, uh, we're kind of the go-to for, uh, in particular in Aspen and, and Eagle County uh, for criminal cases, uh, family matters. There'll be some overlap with some of the firms that have uh, domestic practices, but there's frequently conflicts of interest. Uh, so other domestic attorneys will re- uh, refer to us. Uh, and then we also, we have a podcast. We're very active. Our, our firm is very active on social media. Uh, so we're providing content, but the, you know, the main driver for uh, the, the podcast is going to be Divorce at Altitude, which is our podcast on in Colorado. Uh, we do get, you know, content or referrals based on uh, that because we're the only family law ter- uh, firm that does uh, a podcast. So that has been um, helpful for us. And we've tried out different tactics with marketing, uh, Google ads and the like, uh, but we've really kind of honed in on uh, the social media uh, and podcasting to s- augment our referral base. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, we talked about that a little bit pre-show. Um, so I love talking about podcasts while we're on a podcast. So it's, uh, <laughs> and, and anyone, yeah, anyone watching or tuning in now or later, managing partner, you gotta, you gotta think about, and I saw Neil Patel, if you don't know who Neil Patel is, you can Google him, but a uh, huge digital marketer. And he said something recently that, you know, there, there's billions of websites out there. Um, so yeah, you have a website for your firm. I have a website for my, my agency, but there's only, there's not even barely millions, I think, of podcasts. So you think about the difference in those, those numbers, it's, uh, it's pretty massive. So uh, still a huge opportunity for the podcast 
podcasting market and to stand out. And, you know, you would think a lawyer might say, well, who's going to listen to a podcast about the law or divorce or whatever? And that's the cool thing. It's niche. And there are people looking for that. And people are trying to, to you know, especially for like a divorce, I think you probably, there's some time leading up to it. There's a lot of research, a research phase, discovery phase. You don't even know if it's going to happen. What are you going to do? You know, how you lead up to it. So, so I think it's great what you guys are doing with that. And I would encourage anyone, no matter what you do, to start a podcast. It's going to help you get better at it. It's going to get you better at just speaking about what you do. And then um, I think it helps retain what we learn. Because a lot of times I'm talking about my business or what we've learned and what we've done. And then I talk about it and it helps me actually retain that and remember it more than if I just, you know, did it and had experience. So yeah, so I mean, there's, there's several okay. points there that I, I you know, want to that really resonate with me. And that is that our podcast allows us to tell stories and to connect <clears throat> with our clients. And there'll be various things that we will talk about. Uh, so for example, my, my partner's divorce or uh, my, my kids, for example, that I'm not going to be able to do in a, uh, the same kind of manner in a blog post or some sort of article that is going to be posted. It also allows us to network with other professionals. We bring in guests and we allows us an opportunity pre-show. You know, Kevin, you and I talked about uh, Virginia Beach and UVA baseball. Uh, that's <laughs> that's a conversation that would not happen if we're just going over uh, email or not in the same uh, way. But we get the, the you know, the ability to post on our YouTube, uh, on our website. And so when clients, when they want to learn uh, more about us, they get a good idea because we do a video and then we also do the audio, but it creates this evergreen, um, you know, content that we can go to an existing client and say, hey, you know, you you asked about parental relocation uh, or a high asset divorce or uh, those kinds of issues. And we can send them the little segment about that. And it's really uh, helpful. Um, it makes us a lot more uh, efficient. But at the same time, I'm having to re to dive in and make sure I'm explaining it. And it makes me a better lawyer because I go through the transcripts and I notice the ums, the, the various verbal tics that I have. And so from a public speaking standpoint, it makes me better in particular because some of my trials I'm still doing via WebEx or, or Zoom. So I have, I make sure that my background and my lighting and all those various things, uh, that really does matter, uh, you know, in a, in a judicial setting that I'm going to be working on with the podcast. Yeah, no, I like everything you had to say there. I totally agree with you. Um, you get that connection. Um, do you guys do it in video format as well or just audio? We do. So we post it on, yeah. on YouTube and then, uh, then we, then we post it in the audio, but we, then we create a transcript. So we get a transcript and we post that on our website and that we found that, I mean, certainly you can create, you can blah, 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 a lot faster than typing. So when I'm speaking about child custody, I'm creating that content that is in written form that I can then post on our website. So we get kind of the backend SEO and, and I'm not an, an SEO expert, but uh, then we also leverage that we can send it out uh, in a newsletter to family law attorneys where it's really technical. Uh, so we just recently had some uh, an expert talk about breaking down a parenting evaluation or a custody evaluation that's really focused on other family law lawyers. So we send that out to them. It helps them. And then it also reminds them that, you know, so we stay top of mind for when they have, you know, a, an issue that they can refer to us. But then we have other client interviews, people talking about going through a divorce. That's not really going to, you know, matter too much to a divorce attorney because they've heard that story so many times. But for other people going through a divorce, it's very helpful for them to feel uh, like they're not alone. So we have a separate email list that we'll send out to our former clients, again, staying top of mind. But then it's also there for existing clients or potential clients. So the key 
key takeaway there, everyone listening for sure, is repurpose. Um, so exactly what Ryan was just saying, and that's something that we we practice heavily at, at my firm at Array Digital, is repurposing. So, you know, we used to write an article and spend a ton of time and put the article up, and that would be it. And we'd hope we'd drive some people in and, you know, write an article about, you know, digital marketing or something. But now, man, we're, we're going live right now. This will be on YouTube and LinkedIn. This audio will go up on all the podcast platforms. The video will go on our website, and you'll have your, you know, your own page just for you, which will have a information about you link to your website and, and have the video <clears throat> then we can transcribe this it can become a, a blog or, you know blog article and then this will be sliced up into a dozen social media uh, stories and posts and so yeah one topic about child custody you could have maybe five six social posts that take just a piece of it and slice it up into little pieces that people can digest and so that the, there's endless possibilities and it takes just as long as for you to just talk which is very easy compared to if you said if I said hey Ryan man write me a uh, a three-page article in the next half hour on child custody, and it works for us. I mean, we, uh, I mean, we're not the n- nerdy people that just sit in an office and and write uh, stuff. We interact with our clients. Uh, we're trial lawyers, so we're having to uh, put on uh, the appearances do matter. So it was just it's we're a younger firm, so for us, it, I mean, we're the only firm that's doing this right now in Colorado. So when people are trying to figure out whether or not they should hire us over somebody else. It, it's something that it provides us a, a distinct, distinct advantage. Uh, so we're learning. It's been a fun learning experience. Uh, and uh, yeah, looking forward to continuing to, uh, uh, you know, get better and better at it. Well, again, <clears throat> what you're doing is excellent and you're, you're in early. So that's going to, you know, you're going to get better at it and now you're going to be established in it and others are going to be trying to keep up and they're going to be trying to implement the same thing. And, and I think that's the problem too, is that you'll see firms that'll be like, well, let's do exactly what they're doing versus like stepping back and saying, hey, let's be ourselves. Let's do what works for us. And it could still be a podcast, but you know, what? what's different about them? You know, what makes them different? And you know, you know, you see lawyers that, well, I'm just going to get a motorcycle and I'm a motorcycle accident lawyer. And I want to show that I ride a motorcycle, even though they, they probably don't. Uh, versus you guys, you really ski. You're That's something you really love to do. And you, you do do, and you have experience with it. And it happens to translate into your, you know, what you do and your expertise. So. Yeah. And I, I think it, for us, there's two things. One is we're, we're, we're experienced enough where we know what we're talking about and but people will sometimes prejudge us because they're like you're young um but then once they hear us talk in an authoritative manner it allows us to be a thought leader in that space but also i mean especially in personal injury and divorce i mean for all three of our practice areas there's every you know lawyer wants to say uh you know i've got a thousand years of collective experience i'm gonna fight for you it's just that it's so for us we're, we're i mean every lawyer fights for their client like it it, it, that's just how it's just a starting point for us we our branding is more of the explorer brand archetype where we're the kind of explorer adventuresome um and and that resonates with our client base so the patagonia the north face we're that kind of brand of of a law firm and it helps um us to connect with the right kind of client we're not the best fit for every single client but we do really well with the clients that uh that you know we we know that they're going to be a good fit for us so we we have a good idea of who our ideal client is and that works in Colorado and, and where we where we're located it's not going to work everywhere but we've really tried to tell that story our client story as well as our own through our podcast and it just has uh, worked but 
um, you know, we can get better at it. It's taking a lot of uh, thought uh, behind that. Yeah. Again, you will. Get, I, and I love your brand, by the way, because um, I was able to check out your site and check out you. And the fact that you have, you know, I like that you guys have videos for, for yourself and others because I'm like, well, I'm going to talk to Ryan, but I never talked to Ryan. So I get to get familiar with you and, and make sure I know how to say your name and all kinds of good stuff. So it just allows you to, to build that connection before you actually make the call. So for me, it was less important because I'm just having you as a guest on the podcast. But imagine if I was a potential customer or a client calling and I'm like, all right, let me watch the video about Ryan. Oh, I feel like I, I could talk to Ryan and, and have a conversation with him. And so I think the podcast um, also accomplishes that. And I don't know how many times I've gotten a client call or prospective client call and say, hey, I've been following you guys for like two years and we've been really wanting to work with you guys. And they're basically ready to go. And we don't even have a clue who they are, <laughs> so, but they've they've watched our videos or they've seen us on LinkedIn or whatever. And they've basically built this like relationship that we don't we didn't really know about. So um, it's really interesting how that works out. But I think that's that's really the cool factor when you can accomplish that kind of stuff. And I think the podcast is going to work out just great for you guys. So kudos again for that. Thank you. Um, maybe you can do another podcast about uh, where to ski and uh, <laughs> where I should go. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Well, the, the, and I guess a couple points on the podcast is that, you know, when you look at the demographics, uh, the engagement is it, it's growing just rapidly. People, when you look at Clubhouse or some of these other social platforms, LinkedIn, everyone's going audio. And there's a reason for that. Uh, the other aspect is that people generally are fluent, and that is uh, a, a, our ideal, uh, you know, client base uh, is the high end market. So the podcast really resonates with our ideal client, uh, and that is one of the other reasons that we've uh, looked at that. We we're we're well known as one of the tech uh, based uh, law firms, and so we're kind of ahead of the curve. And the podcast is just part of uh, telling that that story and showing our our you know strategic um you know initiatives at at play yeah a hundred percent and uh, there is some data out there too to support that pot people that listen to podcasts have a much higher income i forgot what the actual numbers were but it's uh yeah it's it's the right audience it's the people you want to be in front of and uh yeah so and, and yeah everything is going to either video or audio um pretty much exclusively i've got people on linkedin they'll actually send like a video uh, or i mean an audio recording instead of a message and i thought that was pretty unique like you're gonna play it because you don't know what it is until you play it and then it's like it could be like hey ryan this is kevin you know you should come on my podcast instead of me sending you a message that says it and you just ignore it so uh, yeah, and one, of- and one other aspect is, I mean, a lot of our videos will put transcripts or, or captions. So someone, they might be at work and they might be taking a lunch break and they're thinking about filing for divorce. They don't want everyone else to know about it. So we, you know, the, we've got the captions. They don't listen to it. They just look at me, you know, moving my mouth and they get some idea of who I am, but then they really read the the words and they're learning. And so we just want to make sure that we're hitting um, and providing people with how they consume their content. It could be in a podcast. It could be on a walk while they're washing dishes, thinking about, you know, uh, with their spouse out drinking again or uh, something of that variety. Or it could be on YouTube. It, it really depends, you know, how they consume their content. So we try to meet them where they are uh, so that it makes it just as easy as possible for them to find us. Yeah, 100%. And everyone does different. I try to read books when I can, but I, I definitely consume more with Audible just because of my schedule and, and how I operate. Um, Actually, every time we bring on a new employee in my company, uh, we ask in the interview process, how do you learn best? And they're usually like, 
what? So first off, if they're not interested in learning, then we may not be interested in them. But uh, but we ask them that question because we don't really care how, but you read books, YouTube, whatever, you know, and everyone's got a different way. Um, and so we make that available to them. Like if you want to watch videos, that's, we'll get you videos. If you want to read, we'll get you books, um, you know, whatever, whatever you want to do. So, so that's great that you guys are doing that in different ways. And, and um, depending on, you know, where that customer may be when they're trying to consume that content and give them the options, 100%. It's also good for ADA compliance for uh, your website. <laughs> Indeed. So, yeah. Well, Ryan, I appreciate you having me on. I love what you're doing. Seems like you guys are crushing it. And uh, I'm sure we'll see more uh, from you because I'll be definitely checking in to see what you guys are up to. Uh, for everyone watching now or in the future, what's the best way to connect with you? Obviously, I have your website right here. So if you guys want to check Ryan out and his firm, I'm sure you can connect with him there. But is there a particular social media platform? Um, and if you want mine, maybe sharing again the podcast name so I can put that in the comments. Absolutely. So the podcast can be found at divorce at Alta altitude.com. Uh, it's also on our website, uh, the various snippets and how we have it structured is there's a little how-to videos on Mondays. Uh, so how to file for divorce. And we have longer form interviews with experts uh, generally on Thursdays. And both of them are are segregated uh, on our on our website. Uh, I'm very active on on LinkedIn. That is my social media uh, platform of, of choice. So people can uh, find me there. Uh, just think of calamari. Uh, that's what, um, you know, a lot of people in, in playing baseball throughout the South, I have had my name mispronounced. Every time I came up to bat, it would be, you know, all different iterations right. of it. Uh, but uh, yeah, website and then divorceataltitude.com. Uh, I love calamari, by the way. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, it's actually a real quick story is uh, I used to growing up in a small island where I'm from, uh, off Virginia, uh, I worked at a boat dock in between in high school. So I had jobs all the time and I had to cut up squid for fish bait and it was the worst thing ever. And I was like, I'll never eat this stuff ever. Like I just, I had to like throw away my shirts every night. Like just the smell was crazy. <clears throat> but a few years later, uh, calamari, I think I've tried it for the first time and I love it. So yeah, I'm a, when I, I was like a prosecutor, right. When I was a prosecutor, uh, it's cause I, you know, was in court, uh, you know, right out of law school, the judge would say, Mr. Calamari. Um, and I'm like a dog. I'll come to anything. And I didn't really notice. I've had, like I said, I've had my name just mispronounced on uh, various PAs just so many different times. I've just kind of tuned it out. And my uh, colleague was sitting at the table and he's like, he nudged me and he was like, you realize the judge has been calling you Calamari for like the last two months. And I was like, I know, cause I, I just, it doesn't, it just kind of goes in one ear uh, out the other. I'm uh, like a dog. So that's, that's my story about Calamari. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Does it matter? Uh, you're there to get your job done and and there's no need to debate the judge about what your name is. I think that's fine. Just Indeed. Yeah, well, just thanks agree. for having yep. me, Kevin. I really appreciate the opportunity. Great conversation. Uh, good to connect. And uh, thanks again for having me on. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, lots of good stuff to share. Anyone listening, yeah, write down this stuff. Start a podcast. Get out there and, and, and do it. No matter what your practice area is, it's, I think it's going to be beneficial for you. Uh, but yeah, check out what Ryan's done. Check out his podcast and uh, thanks for tuning in. Again, if anyone's watching needs help with digital marketing or just advice on setting up a podcast because we do it, I'll uh, be happy to talk to you. Uh, reach out to us at raylaw.com and we'll see you next time.